Let me tell you something, all right? By the time we figured out how would it be out of a job, no, scratch that. Everybody in the damn unit will be out of a job. Oh, but don't worry. <laughs> they tend to think Mike Lowry gonna be all right. <laughs> Especially since they think you some rich kid playing, cop. Look, man, I ain't got no trust fund, okay? See, for me, no job, no check. That's like all the other guys in the unit. At least most of us. So I'm playing cop now. Right. <laughs> Girl, it's a game. I'm just joking around. You always wanted to be Starsky or Hutch. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I need someone to come and save me Cause lately my life in hell You might get tell But this million dollar smile has it well Had a good girl that left me a hefty amount of bills Ignoring they hundred numbers every time they hit my cell I got roaches in my kitchen I go to sleep and get bitten Had to get rid of my mattress Disaster is what I live in But niggas don't know the difference They know I can go the distance But if I do or don't I know a fuck is what they giving So I'm sitting in something tinning me and my white widow Hit my jail Late at night, I'm about to light me up a Lando Got me lost in my mental I be stuck in the days And my eyes be looking like there's two cuts in my face They said I'm stuck in my ways But I've been stuck with these problems They got me walking with at least a dub Tucked in my J's Just finished cussing my ex out And throwing my phone No fix you'll ever understand Stand part of uh, Drink, drink in my cup Dang, dang in my blunt Girl, you know what it is But I'ma tell you what you want Four, four in the morning So I'm done with Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Sid Davis, the one and only host of the Social Introvert Podcast, back with a brand new episode of the Social Introvert Podcast, episode 196. You can find the show exclusively on bynkradio.net forward slash podcast, as well as SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. So I went to go see Bad Boys for Life. And being that it's January, and this is the month where movie studios just throw the movies that they have no faith in or they don't know what to do with it, um, and it within this month, uh, Bad Boys for Life was good, which was kind of strange. And I thought, I'm like, oh, okay, this might be the year where the January curse is broken. Underwater came out. You know, there's some complaints I had about Underwater, but Underwater was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Even though I'm not a Kristen Stewart fan, I thought the movie was kind of dope, even though it reminded me way too much like Alien and shit like that. But whatever. Uh, The Gentleman, I believe, is out now. I want to see The Gentleman. And apparently a lot of people say that is really good. It's supposed to be like a, a mob gangster comedy type thing. So I... I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. And I I think I spoke too soon as far as the January curse, because Doolittle is out with Robert Downey Jr., a.k.a. Iron Man. And the movie, according to a lot of people that went to see it, they say it freaking sucks. They said this shit is horrible. Uh, I I know a lot of people were kind of turned off because I guess our generation that grew up, they think Eddie Murphy's. Dr. Doolittle is the original Doolittle, and it's not. <laughs> Doolittle goes back as far as like 1920, I believe. Uh, or Yeah, is it 1920? Or is it 1960? Don't hold me to that. It's between 1920 and 1960. Actually, yeah, the book was written 1920. 
Then the film, the live action Dr. Doolittle came out in like 1960 or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of people are pissing on this movie, giving it horrible reviews. And I'm like, man, it's Robert Downey Jr. This can't be, this can't be bad. And, um, yeah, man, I've, I watched some clips and it just looks very annoying and like underwhelming to watch, you know, with films, with talking animals, it turns me off automatically. Uh, I did like Paddington too. I saw Paddington too with my, my cousins. I thought that movie was dope. Um, Zootopia was fire, <laughs> but I guess we're talking about in terms of live action films with animals talking. Um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head right now, but let me see. I don't know. Yeah. Paddington's one. I, I believe Peter Rabbit is another one, but I've never seen Peter Rabbit, nor do I care to, but I'm pretty sure it looks cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of other, damn, what's another one with like talking animals in a live action movie? Um, Scooby-Doo was trash. Uh, I don't know. All I'm saying is Doolittle was horrible. According to a lot of other people, I'm not trying to see that shit. Uh, but yeah, bad boys for life was dope. Uh, I kind of thought about it. You know, I, I sat and, and I watched the first and second one. You know, I, I haven't forgot about the first or second one at all, like especially the first one. And as I, I, I watched those two movies and then leading up to me going to see bad boys for life and coming out of the theater, I was just like, man, you know, the first two, they, I, they were okay. You know, there's a lot of stylized action and comedy, but the movie as a whole, does it hold up at all within the last, what has been 25 years? Do those two movies really hold up? I mean, I'm not the biggest Michael Bay fan. He did direct the movies, but <clears throat> I will say I'll give Michael Bay credit that those are probably his two best movies he's ever done in his career. Because all his other movies are terrible. But um, I'm just, I'm conflicted now. I'm like, okay, Bad Boys is entertaining. Bad Boys 2 is entertaining. I was like, but does it really hold up like other movies? And I don't think it does. I think people just like the chemistry between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Now, I'm not trying to diss the franchise, but it's like, eh, it's, it's great, you know, nostalgic purposes. But I, I don't think it's that great of a movie. Not like... I don't think Bad Boys is a great as great as Lethal Weapon franchise. I don't think it's as great as that. I don't think it's as great as Die Hard, even though it's not necessarily a buddy cop movie. But you can throw the buddy cop in there because the first one, uh, you know, John McClane was talking to the black cop. The what was his name? Reginald Vell Johnson from Family Matters was in the first Die Hard. Uh, the second Die Hard, I know he was working with another cop as well. I can't really remember, but I will never forget because my favorite one out of the entire franchise, Die Hard 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance, he teamed up with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, well, his name was Zeus in the movie, but Samuel L. Jackson wasn't a cop. He was a, uh, I believe, a, uh, a pawn shop owner. And he was really, he just, he had this disdain against white people. It's, it's really funny. It plays into the movie real well. 
and the fact that he is forced to work with the cop is just it makes the movie funnier but the these buddy type comedies they're all great i just don't think bad boys to me in my opinion i just don't think they're as great as other buddy cop films um i i would say now to make you feel better about it for those listening rush hour to me is at the bottom of the barrel i'll throw that out there somebody tried to debate with me and say well i prefer the rush hour franchise over bad boys i'm like bruh you tripping tripping like you really tripping but you know i like bad boys like i said the movies are cool i just fam i always said this to myself and i I said bad boys is this generation's lethal weapon but i kind of i don't want to do that because i'm like lethal weapon is so good and being the fact that we got lethal weapon four uh a long time ago and that's like one of my i think between the first lethal weapon and the fourth lethal lethal weapon um i don't know which one to make my favorite but i love the franchise but um with that said the fact that we have a lethal weapon four, sony is developing bad boys four, and see i already knew this was happening because the original plan was to shoot bad boys three and bad boys four back to back and technically bad boys for life was supposed to come out uh in 2019 and then the fourth bad boys film was supposed to come out this year but scheduling conflicts production issues all of that plus will smith and martin lawrence hadn't signed on at all so but whatever uh we have a bad boys four coming uh it exceeded expectations at the box office it was supposed to do 48 million for its opening weekend and it did double that it's 68 million at its opening weekend so that's great um i i had very low expectations going into this movie i was scared because i'm like fam this is january bad boys is supposed to be a summer film i don't know why the hell they're putting it out in january but yeah uh go check this film out uh if you're what what actually a lot of people have been asking me, or some some of the people that I interact with, they say, do I need to watch the first or second one to go into this one? Honestly, I would say yeah, because a lot of the jokes that are in Bad Boys for Life uh, make more sense if you've seen Bad Boys 2. And one of my favorite things about this movie, though, is the fact um, it didn't try to do this whole... Uh, you know, back in the 90s, the first Bad Boys and then the second Bad Boys, apparently they had like plot armor uh, in these films. Like they're just untouchable. Some parts, but in this one, they make it a little more personal. Like I will say in in Lethal Weapon 4, Riggs uh, is still like this crazy hard ass cop who just does wild shit like this is the same dude (laughs) at his old age decided to jump on a a moving trailer on the freeway to i guess get some answers out of one of the the bad guys or whatever but bad boys does it a little different they kind of like there's a point in the movie where uh, marcus burnett played by martin lawrence he now has to wear glasses 
um he's just getting older man and you know mike lowry played by will smith he's he's still cool but then there's a certain point in the movie where his ego gets the best of him and he's suffering from ptsd now like there there's a point where he gets real serious and he was like yo this motherfucker is wild <laughs> like he has like this knack for just shooting people and there's um not to give anything away but there's a point in the movie where they have to start using rubber bullets and will smith's character kind of he feels some type of way about it he low-key he gets sad about it and the entire time that this is going on it just it plays against his ego and i i think they did that so well in the writer's room developing that you know that plot that you know that subplot but yeah uh go check this out bad boys for life was dope um I, man i want to see what the fourth one's gonna be about i guess there's a, a big surprise that one of our favorite scenes i guess as a whole uh from the second one this certain character shows back up in the third one so um be on the lookout for that one you know exactly what i'm talking about when they show it but uh real quick get into some music there's an album that came out by an artist named charlie smarts and Charlie Smarts is from North Carolina, from Durham. Um, and he is one half of Cooley High. And Rhapsody actually used to be a part of Cooley High before she, you know, broke away and became a solo artist. But uh, Charlie Smarts dropped a new album called We Had a Good Thing Going. Uh, he just dropped this by surprise. I didn't know he was dropping this at all. And I... You know, I've, I've listened to it so far, probably about halfway through. I want to say like the first seven songs. Uh, pretty good so far. One of my favorite songs, though, uh, so far from what I've heard is called Count On Me. Check it out. what a coach to do some folks turn religious when they get lost in life i might start burning bridges so a nigga can't cross me twice act like fam when i say shit if you relating what i'm dropping it ain't shit but now they on the wave hang ten
Once again, that's Count On Me by Charlie Smarts off of his brand new project, We Had A Good Thing Going, available on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play. So I watched the, um, the Democratic debate. There's another one. Um, I, I call it the retirement home debate. And something, it, it just really bothered me watching it, especially when it got to a certain point uh, dealing with Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and then the moderator. Uh, check this clip out. And I, I don't know, take it or leave it. I don't know. Your opinion is your opinion. Me, I, I felt some type of way about it. Let's not turn to an issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's a video of, the, of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. In 2015, I deferred, in fact, to Senator Warren. There was a movement to draft Senator Warren to run for president. And you know what? I said, stayed back. Senator Warren decided not to run, and I did, I did run afterwards. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman could become president of the United States? And let me be very clear. If any of the women on this stage or any of the men on this stage win the nomination, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's me. <laughs> but if they do, I will do everything in my power to make sure that they are elected in order to defeat the most dangerous president in the history of our country. So, Senator Sanders, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, and I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women. Amy so and true. me. person on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. And here's what I know. The real danger that we face as Democrats is picking a candidate who can't pull our party together or someone who takes for granted big parts of the Democratic constituency. We need a candidate who will excite all parts of the Democratic Party, bring everyone in, and give everyone a Democrat to believe in. That's my plan, and that is why I'm going to win. Senator Klobuchar. Thank you. Senator 
Klobuchar, what do you say to Thank people you, Elizabeth. who don't? Senator Klobuchar, what yes, do you say? Um, I would like Senator to Senator Klobuchar, out. let me finish my question. Oh, okay. What do you say to people who say? <laughs> I thought it was such an open end. I wasn't at the meeting, so I can't comment, but I was going to say. What, what do you say to people who, who say that a woman can't win this election? Uh, I hear that. Uh, people have said it. That's why I've addressed it from this stage. I point out that you don't have to be the tallest person in the room. James Madison was five foot four. Uh, you don't have to be uh, the skinniest person in the room. Uh, you don't have to be the loudest person. You have to be competent. And when you look at the facts, uh, Michigan has a woman governor right now, and she beat a Republican, Gretchen Whitmer. Kansas has a woman governor right now, and she beat Chris Kobach. And her name um, is, I'm very proud to know her, and her name is um, uh, Governor Kelly. Thank you. Third, I would add to this, you have to be a competent to win, and you have to know what you're doing. And when you look at what I have done, uh, I have won every race, every place, every time. I have won in the reddest of districts. I have won in the suburban areas, in the rural areas. I have brought people with me. That is why I have the most endorsements of current Iowa legislators and former Iowa legislators in this race. Thank you. Because I know I bring people with me. And finally, every you, single Senator person Clinton. that I have beaten, my Republican opponents, have gotten out of politics for good. And I think, <laughs> I think that sounds pretty good. I think that sounds pretty good with the guy we have in the White House right now. Senator Sanders, you can respond. Well, just to set the record, straight. I defeated an incumbent Republican uh, running for Congress. And this is why the Democrats are, they don't know what to do. They're completely lost. They are suffering from PTSD from the 2016 election. No, I'm not trolling. I'm being dead ass serious. If you watch this debate, you can clearly see how dumbfounded and confused Bernie was whenever that came up. That just like, why is that even in? Why is this part of the debate? Why is this part of the debate at all? He gave his answer. He said, uh, no, I didn't say that. He answered it again, saying no. Then you reiterate it by asking Elizabeth Warren a third. Well, you do it a third time by reiterating the question to Elizabeth Warren. And the entire thing just looks staged. How dumb do you think I am? How dumb do you think we are? I don't even want to include because I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the most intelligent person in the world. I'm pretty sure a lot of us saw this and like, bro, really? <laughs> I just this is why mainstream politics does not get taken seriously from me. I look at it and I think it's a complete joke. Then some of you have the nerve to sit and look at people when those people say that they don't vote, they won't bother. This is the reason why no integrity, no morality, none whatsoever. Donald Trump is going to wipe the floor with this entire party, <laughs> this election. And you know what? I cannot wait so much. Hey, I would take my black ass down to the voting poll and vote for him just because because I'm like, bro, Trump is going to win by a landslide is over. This is over before it started. Every single debate that I've watched, his name keeps getting bought up. His name has been continuously bought up every single debate. You have not sat there and talked about what you wanted to do to better this country. You haven't talked about immigration. You haven't talked about um, housing. You haven't talked about shit. 
all you keep reiterating to is Donald Trump. What can we do to get the worst president in history out of office? It's sickening. And I'm bored. Like I said, I'm literally watching uh, a, a, a rebooted version of the Golden Girls, but more boring. And <laughs> let me not give them that much credit because I actually like the Golden Girls. Uh, real quick, there's also another clip that I ran into. Um, actually, yeah, the same debate at the end of it, uh, or I think it was the end of it, or I think they were just taking a short break. I'm not too sure because I, I turned eventually and I, I couldn't take any more. Elizabeth Warren uh, rolled up on Bernie like she like pulled up on him with the smoke on stage and you couldn't hear what they were saying. Bernie was kind of turned off like I'm not doing this here. You could tell like by his body language and he just walked away. Um, I found the audio. I think most of us have heard it already, but I just want to play this clip for y'all. Check this out. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders shying away from the feud that erupted Tuesday night. Have you resolved anything there? No, we haven't spoken. A he said, she said after Sanders denied telling her a year ago it would be tough for a woman to beat Donald Trump. I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national no. TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. Detractors say she had to know she was still wearing a mic. Warren today telling us she has nothing to add. With both vying for many of the same liberal voters, social media lit up. With some Sanders supporters using offensive hashtags like Warren is a snake. Accusing Warren of leaking the alleged conversation as she was slipping and he was rising in the polls. Other Democrats say women candidates won big in the midterms and have to get over what happened in 2016. I think Democrats have PTSD from the last election and they're looking for a reason, an explanation for why Donald Trump won. And it's easier to say it's because a woman can't beat him than accept that America won a Donald Trump. Tonight, six major progressive groups are calling for a ceasefire, worrying that a civil war on the left will only help a moderate like Joe Biden win the nomination. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on that button down here and click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights and digital exclusives. Thanks for watching. And you know what? I would like for Bernie to face off against Donald Trump. It would be cool, I guess. I would I really would like to see that. But, you know, I want to see Elizabeth Warren go against Donald Trump. Because she she's being a little too cocky. <laughs> she's being cocky. You're going against somebody who is not a politician. Apparently, people voted for him for a reason. They voted for Trump for a reason. Think about that. You can dismiss everything that he said about uh, the, the mean things he said about Hillary Clinton. I think of what was that? He said, look at this face. Is this a face that you want? To, some shit like that. Um, back in the 2016 election. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, the, the Pocahontas shit. Um, I think the Pocahontas joke was towards Elizabeth Warren. Um, what, what? I think he was making fun of Ted Cruz calling him Lion Ted or some shit like that. I don't know. Bro, you have zero chances against Donald Trump. Just hang it up. It's over with. <laughs> but just for that, I want her to be the last one standing for the Democratic Party and to go against Trump so I could just watch this crumble because the Democratic Party are still they're still living in the past. They just won't let shit go.
they won't focus on anything new. They won't focus on the future of tomorrow, uh, the kids, nothing for that matter. Education, zero, zilch. You guys fucking suck. I can't stand you. And I can't believe that I was once a Democrat. No, I'm not a Democrat anymore. So don't ask me what I represent now. And no, it's not a Republican or alt-right or anything. <laughs> I don't know. I had a co-worker, though. Me and him, we had a few words. He was like, you know, man, the way that you think or the way that you talk about certain things, I'm thinking you're libertarian. I'm like, fam, I don't know what the hell I am because... The, between Republicans, Democrats, they just the mainstream politics are just I don't know, man, it's it's like a dead horse. They're all lost. And I don't know why people keep giving a shit about these politicians every two to four years. I'm sick of it. But uh, anyway, I'm going to move on from that. Uh, I hate politics. I can't stand these people that are in offices. And we're going to get to some into some more new music. Uh, Mick Jenkins dropped a project a couple weeks ago called The Circus. Pretty dope. I like it a lot. It's too short, though. Too damn short. But I'm not going to trip. He just gave us an album last year and I can rock with that. Uh, I'm still loving that album. But real quick, one of my favorite joints from The Circus is called Different Scales. Check it out. In pole position, had to strip it down. Was rarely fucking with the vision. They was feeding me the bread would come unleavened, and the water only trickled down. Needed pumping, nigga wasn't fucking with the fickle minds. This shit would get bumpy over time if we pickle beats. They just want the hooks. Got me out here fighting sickle cell. Niggas sound like crooks in front of cameras. I hear crickets now. Had some art commission, more than living off the ticket sales. You for the gram, we weighing this shit on different scales. No picket fence, I know we grew up on different streets. It woke me up. I know it's way more niggas counting sheep Bouncing checks, trying to slide off the counterfeit They hella foul, niggas out here playing county ball Still bounty saw, shame will never win the golden glow Some niggas only taking naps, some niggas comatose You get them fired, you find out some niggas on a roast yeah. Salsa been called, this shit hit us all Multiple elephants in the room, ain't nothing new Poachers done settled in, they using sedatives too I'm still preaching the same element, exploring business ventures with my fellowship. Eliminated the light bulbs with no filament. You ain't in my circle if we not intimate on some level. Got dumbbells on my shoulders, I folded. Drinking folders these days, I talk the water till my clothes is moldy. Bodie brought us, if it came down to the wagon, niggas couldn't hold me. They always talk to old you, them niggas never know me. I never owe nobody nothing but John. Who cutting onions these days? I'm all about cutting the line, cutting through the bullshit. My nigga, it's nothing to shine, it's nothing to stunt, it's nothing to rhyme. You elevating minds or you fucking the blind and ducking the smoke sup with the swine but wanna be goats you really just sheep you wanna be woke you really just sleep walked in front of me man what are these jokes rich in spirit i won't hear it if you kind of me broke try to pass these hoes the joint they didn't want any smoke i wanna be blunt when i spit out the truth they want me to choke they want me to front ruffle feathers and they'll want me to ghost crumble concentrates i'm rolling for real sand trapping i won't shorten my stroke Once again, that is Different Scales by Mick Jenkins off of his brand new project, The Circus. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. So before I get up out of here, right? (laughs) 
Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. You know, I'm, I'm going back there again, man. It's, it's too good, man. Harry and Meghan. In an article, uh, what is this? BBC.com. Uh, get your mind out of the gutter. No other option but to step back, says Duke. Now, uh, I'm thinking I just want to be silly and do this. So I'm going to just go ahead and do it. On Saturday, Buckingham Palace announced that from the spring, they will stop using their HRH titles and withdraw from royal duties, including official military appointments. And on Monday, Prince Harry was pictured at the UK Africa Investment Summit in London, where he held a number of private meetings, including with Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge hosted a... <laughs> an evening reception at Buckingham Palace for heads of government ministers, business leaders, and members of NGOs attending the summit. It was the first time the Duke and Duchess had hosted a reception for world leaders on behalf of the Queen. Oh, so <laughs> Beginning his speech at a fundraising reception in central London at Centibel, the charity he co-founded, which helps children sorry, children living with HIV in Southern Africa, he said, I can only imagine what you have heard and perhaps read over the past few weeks. I must say that I can only imagine what you may have heard or perhaps read over the past few weeks. So I want you to hear the truth from me as much as I can share, not as a prince or a duke, but as Harry, the same person that many of you have watched grow up over the last 35 years, but now with a clearer perspective. The UK is my home and a place that I love. That will never change. I've grown up feeling supported from so many of you, and I watched as you welcomed Meghan with open arms, as you, as you saw me find the love and happiness that I'd hoped for all my life. Finally, the second son of Diana got hitched. Hooray. <laughs> I also know that you've come to know me well enough over all these years to trust that the woman I chose as my wife upholds the same values as I do. And she does. And she's the same woman I fell in love with. We both do everything we can to fly the flag and carry out our roles for this country with pride. Once Megan and I were married, we were excited. We were hopeful and we were here to serve. For those reasons, it brings me great sadness that it has come to this. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gone it right, but as far as this goes, there really was no other option. What I want to make clear is we're not walking away, and we certainly aren't walking away from you. Our hope was to continue serving the Queen, the Commonwealth, and my military associations, but without public funding. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible. I've accepted this, knowing that it doesn't change who I am or how committed I am. But I hope that helps you understand what it had come to, that I would step my family back from all I have ever known. To take, a, to take a step forward into what I hope can be a more peaceful life. I was born into this life, 
and it is a great honor to serve my country and the Queen. When I lost my mum 23 years ago, you took me under your wing. You looked out for me for so long, but the media is a powerful force. And my hope is one day our collective support for each other can be more powerful because this is so much bigger than just us. It has been our privilege to serve you and we will continue to lead a life of service. So in that respect, nothing changes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry about the audio guys, the waveform. Uh, this is the only waveform or audio clip I could find because I'm, I'm, I'm only annoyed because I know you guys can only hear from probably the left side of your computer speaker or car speaker or earbuds. I don't, however you're listening, but it annoys the shit out of me when this happens. Um, but yeah, there will be changes. Um, Megan is leaving you. It may be not today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, maybe a few years from now, she's leaving him. And I stand on that. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> I'm just bullshitting. I, I really have no validation to talk about this. I just think it's funny. And plus I wanted to, uh, take another chance at speaking in my British accent, my shitty British accent. And I think I did fairly better this time than I did last time. But yeah, um, good luck to these, these two or these three, you know, to the child as well. And I, I don't know what to say. I just, I'm confused because this man dropped his royal title and he's moving all the way to Canada. Like, fam, you were 35 years old living with your 93 year old grandmother. You were living the life inside of a palace who does that <laughs> let me stop uh, but all jokes aside um i i think it's a cool move they're moving to canada so i mean nothing really changes for the most part uh, they are dropping the title of duke and duchess i'm pretty sure they'll be okay uh, his net worth is at 60 million she's like seven point seven and a half maybe eight point something million dollars uh net worth these two will be a-okay um and plus she is uh in talks with disney for some odd reason that's what led me to think that she was gonna leave him but i was honestly i was joking about that so excuse my ignorance i'm just being silly uh I, but i do wish these these people the best I just, it's so weird because I didn't expect anything like this to happen. It's just out of the blue. Um, unfortunately, we all saw what happened to Princess Diana. Um, I think there's more of a conspiracy to this. I don't think it was just photographers that led to her death. Um, there's more to the story. And I think Harry, being the rebel, being more aware, being the the person that's just like, the person that just doesn't fake the funk, he's just like, fuck it, man. Um, I'm not going to let the same thing happen to my wife. What happened to my mom? And I respect him for that. Um, I, like I said, I have nothing else to say on this, but good luck to these two. And we'll see what happens from here. Uh, but with that said, that wraps up this episode for me. Thank you for listening to episode 196 of the Social Introvert Podcast real quick. Shout out to 12 Kyle Podcast, Random Tandem, Reasonable Ignorance, Ignorant Philosophy, Saturdays with Chicken Duck, the John Effect Podcast, Brunch with Besties. And of course, I can't forget about the BYNK family. 
shout out to government name podcast with shogun and cole jackson and shout out to my boy rain coleman over there at the carefree black nerd podcast uh speaking of carefree black nerd we are back with our nights in gotham podcast uh every week while batwoman is in syndication we get together <laughs> and we talk about the recent episode and uh this one was this one was different man this one was real different you know the first nine episodes we didn't really see much of the you know the sjw uh, messages in those episodes but this one episode 10 kicked into full gear and i'm like oh here we go and uh but besides that i enjoyed the episode i like episode 10 uh but yeah batwoman is renewed for season two which i'm kind of surprised because the ratings have not been so great but i guess you could say the same for supergirl i, I don't watch supergirl i hate that show but whatever uh, like I said, we're back with Knights in Gotham podcast on the Carefree Black Nerd podcast. Shout out to Rain Coleman. And last but not least, I can't forget about Jasmine Blue and Hakeem Skip with those are BYNK website blog content creators. I'm also a blog content creator myself. You can go to BYNKradio.net, go to the lifestyle section and scroll down to social introvert. That is the blog. Um, I got one new entry. Uh, coming up this Thursday, I promise Thursday, I'm not going to slack. It'll be Thursday. <laughs> if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I Sid Davis, I S I D D A V I S. You can also follow my Instagram podcast page, which is at the social introvert podcast and the Twitter podcast page which is TSI underscore pod and send questions, send your thoughts. You can send uh, voice memos. Could be about anything. Send those to the social introvert podcast at gmail.com. Until Thursday, guys. Peace.
Radio.